0: Follow us on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else you listen.
1: The Greenhouse Show on KSL News Radio.
2: Good morning. Thank you for joining us for the KSL Greenhouse. Maria Shaleos, Tom Vettis with you this morning. Where's the rap music? I thought we were coming well, back with rap. Well, I tried music, to huh? talk Dave
3: into doing it and he <laughs> wouldn't. I the song that I was going to uh go into was little Troy wanna be a baller but after what? reviewing the lyrics I, it wasn't <laughs> you appropriate you changed your mind <laughs> and so i tried to get him to do run-DMC's walk this way but mm. he was like who are they never okay. heard of it well, so next week you don't want to shock Eric. people out of yes.
2: <laughs> out of their breakfast yeah. routine walk with this your way has rap enough music
3: that it wouldn't be it offensive. would be okay yeah it would be fine All right. so next okay.
2: week next listener ton says they made a statement, which I disagree with, obviously. But trees in the Park Strip belong to the city and can only be pruned by the city, is what they said.
3: Your city will have an easement on a certain amount of your property. And it could be in the front along the sidewalk and the back to run pipelines. And it's a an ordinance saying that pretty much the city can do what they want, but it's not necessarily their property. And so a city will come in and prune when the trees are growing into power lines or otherwise are a danger, but uh, you can prune those trees, though. If There's, I plant them, I'm going to prune yeah, them. Yeah, and if, because the city is not going to do it, you know, if you have dead or diseased wood in a tree, you need to cut it out. And there isn't a city forester just walking the street saying, oh, I'm going to prune this one. It's pretty much up to you unless your trees are growing into power lines.
2: Yeah, I wish they would, actually. Yeah. I mean, that would save yeah. a lot of time and uh, take care of the green waste. Uh, a lot of advantages to that, but that's just not happening. Uh, Scott in Layton says he was reading that about May pops, and he's interested in trying them out. When would be a good time to transplant... And what kind of soil location is best? What are maypops?
3: They are, well you had to ask me. What are maypop they? Maypop is a vine. Just one second. Now, the common name is completely they not we normally... maypop. Okay. I'm disappointed in myself. Passion flower.
2: Okay. So maypop means is another me, but, okay. name for
3: passion flower. So if you've ever had passion fruit flavored drinks. Sure. Then those it's a vine that are native to tropics, tropics and subtropics that um, will produce an edible fruit. And there's mm-hmm. a few different species. But if you've ever had passionflower flavored drinks, that's what it comes from. So there are a few species of passionflower or maypop that are native to the southeastern United States that are hardy. Down to maybe zero to five degrees above zero. Mm -hmm. So occasionally you will see one growing on a telephone pole or on the side of a home and you'll see the passion flowers. And here's the look of them. So they're very pretty. Yeah, they're cool. But they're very Very aggressive. My brother Mm. grew some when he lived in Mississippi and had to take them out because it was like English ivy, aggressive. But here, they're a little more limited, but they still can get big by big. Mm -hmm. And so for people that like to grow things that are marginally hardy, we've talked about that in our Mountain West uh, Palms and Hardy Subtropicals group on Facebook. You know, people like to play with them. And if you planted a hardy Maypop, you'd have a 50% chance of it taking and growing so but to actually get fruit off of it that is pushing it a bit and then the problem just isn't cold hardiness but if they leaf out and then get frozen oftentimes they don't come back and so they do need to be um, protected a little bit that way too.
2: Okay so they're not going to be aggressive here in Utah.
3: They can if you have them in an ideal spot they would be. Oh. But it's just finding that ideal spot to get them going and they will grow like an english ivy if you have an ideal place but they the ones that are hardy will bloom for 3 or 4 weeks and then they're done but when they do bloom they're super pretty and when i used to live in the southeast you'd be driving on country roads and occasionally you'd just see a tree where these had grown up through the tree and it mm-hmm. would just be covered in these passion flower the flowers of the vine and they were just gorgeous.
2: Yeah. I'm out on stuff like that. I just don't have enough time to be out in the yard all the time. Yeah. Pruning things back. And and so I'm already still dealing with English Ivy that I can't kill off.
3: If you were to grow this and say you had a patio area, Mm -hmm. it might be one that you could plant and then just let it grow over a trellis. Mm. And it's that way you want the cover. And so that would be a situation that you could try it, but it's just that, You know, it's not planted very commonly, and the ones that are planted probably 50% die.
2: Okay. Uh, Next listener says they have planted almost 100 fruit trees in their lifetime, and each house that they've moved to, and they currently have 20 wonderful fruit trees. And they're looking for a juicy apricot. They had one that they're at their mother's house that was amazing, which is no longer living. And so they would like your recommendation for a juicy apricot.
3: Oh, boy. Apricots are one. I know several varieties, but I've never sat down and just eaten them to gauge sweetness and juice and things. And so it may be worth I calling. I don't think
2: of juicy when I think of apricots. No,
3: it may be worth calling the Box Elder County Extension Office and talking to Mike Pace. He, his growers up in Box Elder County grow apricots and sells and sell them, and if he didn't know, then he could get a hold of a grower or something to find out. You know, off just off the cuff, I would probably say something like Park. It's a larger apricot that is quite popular, but that's one that I've never just sat down and said, oh, that is the best, juiciest apricot mm. I've ever had.
2: I just don't think of them as being juicy. I mean, peach is juicy to me. Apricots, not yeah, so much.
3: Yeah, and so because they are a little bit drier, that's where I'm headed.
2: I do love them, though.
3: Yeah. I mean, normally, I would say Chinese and Park; Those are my two go-to apricot varieties, and there are other really good ones, but I've never known them to be super juicy.
2: All right. Next listener says, when is a good time to prune their peach trees, apricot trees, and queen and cherry trees?
3: Mid-March. Those are all stone fruits.
2: Got so much work to do in mid-March.
3: Yes, roses, the stone fruits, other bushes. We're going to talk about pruning bushes at the top of the 10 o'clock hour.
2: Okay, I want to know the latest on your tomato experiment.
3: They are growing. Okay,
2: um, that's not enough. That's not fulfilling or satisfying.
3: I planted a variety that, I'm trying to remember the name, but it was just, what? What? No tomatoes yet, no fruit. But I planted a a standard variety Mm -hmm. with my dwarf tomatoes. And in two weeks, the standard variety already needs to be transplanted into bigger uh, pots. Mm -hmm. And the dwarf tomatoes have reached maybe a third of the size And they've barely started to produce true leaves. And so when they come up, they get two seed leaves. And then after the seed leaves are there for three or four days, they start to form the true leaves. And they've started to do that. But I planted these all the same day. And the standard tomatoes have grown two-thirds faster.
2: Well, that's why the others are called dwarf Dwarf,
3: And that's why I started them early.
2: Right. So your observation to this point. Is, well, if they're you're going doing to, what you thought they would do,
3: exactly. And if you want these dwarf tomatoes, I would probably start them in late February or early March so that you can maybe have them up to size in May. When you normally would outplant them, but I haven't made a final decision, but I think it'd be really neat to do a hedgerow or just like a little temporary border to where I had an ornamental pepper, those purple leaf peppers Mm -hmm. with a little mini tomato every other one. And you just have this whole border made out of ornamental purple leaf peppers with these little mini tomatoes.
2: Okay. I know you're really busy, but it would be really fun for you to take a picture of each type of tomato. I will. And do a side by side on the Facebook page so people can see okay. the difference between the regular tomatoes and the dwarf tomatoes. Okay. I will do that. Okay. That's what I'm charging okay. you with this. Yeah, okay. Like I have so much control over you. Hey, ton that'd be great. We'd like to see it. Okay. All right.
3: I will say that I bought a light bench, and so I've got five or six rats Mm -hmm. that I can grow, and I don't know what's going on because I had them at the recommended distance, Mm -hmm. you know, six inches, and they were causing the leaves to yellow and scorch a little bit, and the new leaves are adapting, Hmm. and so I raised the lights up about three or four inches above. And they seem to do a little better, but it's always an experiment because all lights are different. And I did make, and maybe I'll bring it in. I made a PVC light bench and I I found grow lights at Walmart and I didn't, I was just thinking they were full spectrum. I turned these things on and they are like a reddish pink. What? Yeah. And so it's almost like mood lighting. (laughs) <laughs> when you turn them on, Mike Karen's like those sear my eyes out, but I don't mind the tone. Okay, we and want color, pictures. so we'll have to bring that into and okay. we can
2: play around. So. All right, we're going to take a break. Number to call with your questions: phone lines are open eight zero one five seven five eight two five five. You can also text us your questions at five seven five zero zero.
1: I'm Dave Colley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast Cold.
2: Happy there, Tom. Yeah,
3: Fat Boys and the Beach Boys. <laughs> this is a good song.
2: <laughs>
3: it's all good. This is <laughs> crazy
2: Phone well, lines are open. You can call with your questions right now. Eight zero one five seven five eight two five five. Yes, it's still a greenhouse. I know we turned into some sort of eclectic. Uh, <laughs> music station there for a second you can also text us your questions at five seven five zero zero. this is all your that fault. made me happy um, are you happy now a big oh, smile on your face yeah, that made
3: me happy that i that came out and i think it was an eighth or ninth grade just memories and that is a you know beach boys and the fat boys
2: it you is know. saturday morning it and is that is the kind of stuff that you love yes recommendations right now happy what song kind of, yeah happy song Okay, we know what you're recommend, yes. recommending as far as music, but uh, what kinds of stuff should we should we be thinking about right now in our yards? Well, you've got me thinking about all the things I have to dig up mid March yeah. to the beginning of April. And it's I'm getting scared. time
3: with snow melting off to start transplanting and moving perennials, dividing perennials. You can also the garden centers, even though they're not stocked, are rolling plants in this time of year like crazy. And so if you've been looking for a certain tree, you know, and you have some favorite garden centers, it doesn't hurt to go in once a week and look around. Sometimes the garden centers will only get five or 10 of something in that you're looking for, especially if it's like a specimen conifer, that's rare, you know, slow growing. So go into the greenhouses and this is just more of a mental health, um, But go into the greenhouses when it's sunny and enjoy the foliage and the flowers in there. They'll have ranunculus and tulips and cyclamens, but just make it feel like summer for a little bit. That's something I always recommend this time. I like to do it
2: when it's not sunny. Yeah. Because I need those flowers. I need to see what's fun and exciting. Yeah.
3: That's one of my favorite things. But the perennials and. Dividing perennials, are going to, that's going to be coming up very quickly along with pruning bushes and also the stone fruits are the main things. Then if you have any cleanup, a lot of times leaves will blow in over the winter. And if the snows melted off, you can use a leaf blower or a rake to get those up too. Mm-hmm.
2: So speaking of pruning, uh, next listener wants to know, what if they haven't pruned their apples and pears yet?
3: Get them done. And so it's been cold enough that you still are fine to prune them. We generally prune in February for apples and pears to help prevent a disease called fire blight from spreading in them. And so when you make a cut, we recommend just getting some lice, not Lysol, but rubbing alcohol in just an inexpensive sprayer like you would spray your for ironing and just spray the, the, uh, blades off on your pruners after every cut so that, especially if you know you've had fire blight, just to
2: be safe. Ooh, okay.
3: Now, if the apples and pears haven't had it in there, you may not need to do that. But if you've noticed a lot of dieback, especially in pears, that's a smart thing to do.
2: Okay. Okay. Uh, I want to go back to something you were just talking about a second ago, and that was uh, the garden centers. Have you been into the garden centers?
3: I've been into a few of them. And what are you you
2: seeing? Fun stuff there?
3: Well, they start stocking trees fairly soon. Mm -hmm. And indoors, just the house plants themselves and so the early spring flowers are starting to show up we mentioned the ranunculus sometimes they're known as buttercups
2: primrose
3: primrose english daisies pansies are starting to you know show up we won't be planting those outdoors for another three or four weeks but even if you bring home some of these to enjoy indoors for three or four weeks you know and they'll stop blooming you know, it's oftentimes worth doing.
2: How about on a protected patio spot? Can you plant in a pot?
3: You could as long as it stayed above the like 27, 28 degrees at night. And so you may need to have something that you could cover the planter with or have the ability to bring it into an unheated garage or something so that it doesn't get too cold.
2: Okay. Next listener would like to know, will camellia or rhododendron go- grow well in Salt Lake City and clay soil? Nope. Those are
3: two that I, I hate to be so blunt, but there are hobbyists that do it, especially rhododendrons and azaleas. And what they will do is put them into their soil and amend the soil with lots and lots of potting soil or peat moss and then plant into that and then put a peat moss mulch cover down. And then use Miracle-Gro mirror acid every couple of weeks to try to keep that soil going. It works best in sandy soil, not clay. And so I'm not awfully hopeful if you have a clay soil. But camellias, there are some, what they're advertising as cold-hardy camellias. They're like zone six, Mm -hmm. but... I've tried them a few times and never been able to get them to take. So camellias, if you're not familiar with with them in warmer climates, you know, Southern California up into San Francisco, the Southeast will bloom all winter. Mm -hmm. And they're just gorgeous. And the camellias, unfortunately, are just not adapted to our dry weather plus our cold. And so if we were in a wetter climate, they probably would do better and start blooming sometime in mid to late March. But in South Georgia, Louisiana, North Florida, into Central Florida, you know, Southern California, they bloom all winter and they're just really pretty.
2: I had planted a rhododendron and I think it just tortured me for years. Like I kept trying all sorts of things to amend the soil, to give it iron or whatever it needed. And... Finally, it died, and I'm like, okay, I'm out. Yeah. something new in that spot.
3: Unless you have really sandy soil, that's what happens. There was a gentleman that lived by the North Ogden Smiths that there's really sandy soil through that area, and he had mixed in – Tons of organic matter into a soil, compost, peat moss, and then he would use miracle grow mirror acid every few weeks. And he had a very healthy stand of azaleas and camellias, or acid. azaleas That's and rhododendrons. That's what I it added, yes. But the sandy soil is key because of the drainage. And when you get really alkaline clay soil, they just don't seem to do it.
2: Well, that explains it. Uh, next person says... Uh, they haven't pruned their apples and pears, and she says her husband wanted to do it today. But it's supposed to snow again. Is it okay yep. to prune before the storm? Get it done. Okay. Uh, next person says they recently bought a house. They want to plant some fruit fruit trees like pear, apple, peach. When's the best time to plant them?
3: When you can find them in the garden centers. And so I would start looking in the next couple of weeks. Talk to the manager to see when they're showing up because there's a shortage. And you have to get them in the spring in that three or four week period of time. Uh, The Costco's and Sam's Clubs will usually bring in bare root trees Mm -hmm. that are less expensive, but they're bare root. And the garden centers will usually have them through early June.
2: Next listener listens in Idaho Falls. And they were wondering, how many weeks do they need to add to your Utah pruning and planting recommendations?
3: Idaho Falls is one zone colder to a zone and a half colder than the Wasatch Front. And so when I recommend pruning apples in, mid, in mid-February, they could probably wait until late February to get that done, just a week to 10 days later.
2: Okay, we have just a minute left. So I'm going to ask you, are you familiar with the hydrangea vine? Yes. And why would it be that my hydrangea vine won't get taller than like a foot and a half?
3: They are finicky. I have seen a few that have just grown everywhere. and But it seems like when people plant hydrangea vine, that it's maybe three or four out of ten that take and really take off. And it also takes them three or four years to decide to grow. And so they'll just sit there. And all of a sudden, on their fourth Sitting or fifth there. year, it grows everywhere and really takes off, but they're slow to establish.
2: Can I give it something extra to make it? Maybe grow? just
3: a bit of fertilizer, maybe a quarter of a cup of fertilizer spread out around it.
2: Okay, I'm going to do that. Number to call with your questions 801 575 8255. Text us at 57500.
0: Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night